and welcome to the show, everybody. It is such an honor, once again, to get you here, share some time with you. Got another rocking guest. Uh, we're going to switch it up and bring a barber back up onto the show. I got some good criticism from people saying that they enjoyed listening to ADOT talk. So I figured, why not we bring another barber on? So today's episode, we've got a barber, but he's also a hip-hop artist, too, and he makes some music. So he's got a twist to him. He's a character within himself. He's always out on the social media, popping off, doing his thing. And we love to see energetic people like that. So today's guest, without further ado, is Tyler Jackson, a.k.a. Twerk. Twerk, go ahead and let the audience know what you do, buddy. Yeah, like he said, uh, my name's Tyler Jackson. I go by the name Twerk in the streets and on Instagram. It's uh, T-W-I-I-R-K. And uh, like long story short, I just like to live my life around uh, creating dope stuff for people to see in the real world. You know, like a lot of ideas you have in your head are just floating around in your synapses. And um, I like to take like, you know, a video or a haircut or clothes or music. I like to make the energy that you can feel it um, physically or mentally, you know, so I'm just big on creating. Um, that's like my MO, just to kind of being yourself and uh, doing things you believe in and staying true to your purpose, you know, and you know, sometimes people got to find that purpose. Definitely, man. And it's, uh, it's definitely dope to have you on the show today, man. Switch things up a little bit. Like we just had a 3D printer enthusiast, rock climber on, and now we got a barber up on the show so you know it's like i'm trying to keep it like the content clean not clean but interesting you know like every week it's something different you know but still with music theme and love to it yeah definitely but twerk how did you uh how did you get your start into uh being a barber and then also being a, a musician and an artist so the music actually started taking off like around age 14. I was doing music way before I ever was uh, cutting hair. And then ironically down the road, like the barbering actually enhanced the music. But uh, I started doing music probably around like age 14, you know, right when I started friends, we would just uh, get high in my shed or my garage or I have a buddy Dakota. He had this spot called the terrace and, uh, we were always getting high out there and, you know, just a lot of like, like smoking weed. And, you know, when the blunt goes off, you're all faded with your friends. You're like, yeah, let's throw on a beat and freestyle. Mm -hmm. So I was just kind of freestyling, you know, messing around with my friends from like age 14 to 18. And I always had that drive. Like, yo, I want to record songs. You know, I want to record an album one day. I want to shoot music videos. And around age 18 i i was born in jersey till five and then i lived in pa from five to 18 like elementary through high school and after high school i moved back to jersey and you know after freestyling so much i met some people in jersey that were recording artists and producers and engineers and such so i started getting in the studio with them before i moved to la and i had you know before i moved to la i had maybe like two to three years worth of, of like soundcloud songs and dope stuff already out there and then I moved to LA in 2017 and I really never had nothing really going for me besides sports and good grades in high school and then when you get out of high school you got to kind of make a new name for yourself so I was always working and had a minimum wage job but eventually you get kind of tired of that or so uh when I moved to LA my brother introduced me to this guy Julian um 
He lives in downtown LA. His at is uh, Julian Saluda. He's probably the best barber I've ever met. Um, he's a really cool, dope individual. So shout out to Julian. Um, he really put me on. He moved into my crib uh, in 2019, I want to say. And right pre pre COVID. Yeah, pre-COVID, he moved into my crib maybe in like April 2019, March 2019. And in April was when I started, I enrolled in the Barber College. That's where I met Dot Clippers, one of the other guests who was on the show. And uh, yeah, like uh, I was working at Vaughn's the whole time I lived in Cali, but eventually I would always see Julian, you know, paying, paying five, six dudes cover, um, getting like two, three rounds of drinks for the guys. And he's just breaking bread and I'm waking up at, you know, 11, 12, 1 o'clock, miserable to go. And he's waking up at 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. And I was out partying with him at 2 a.m. and 3 a.m. So they would just be right back in the shop, you know, just bounce back, make money, spend money. And I was like, man, it's not rocket science. They're not sending rockets in the sky. You know, they're not on Elon Musk shit, but they're they're on their shit. So I was like, I could cut hair, too. I, I look good. I speak well. And um, I have a swag to me already like a barber does and I wasn't cutting hair yet. So I enrolled in school and uh, Julian kind of coached me up. He gave me the Bill Belichick and I was always comparing myself to Jay. Like, you know, my cuts were good, but they weren't like uh, Jay. There's another dude, Kev. There's another dude, Shafiq. Um, They work at Get FBN, the salon. So that's in Redondo. They really uh, helped me get ahead fast. You know, I, I had a good team around me. So even cutting hair only for three years I got ahead fast and uh I had enough confidence in my haircutting skills in LA that I figured I already moved across the country once I might as well do it again and and, uh, move to Tampa and try to build a complete new network and community for myself because what I got going on in LA is always going to be there and what I do got going on there is great you know it's really actually epic yeah I, I can tell that you really established yourself out here I I've only met you a short time ago, but I can tell that it didn't, it just didn't happen overnight for sure. Nah, man. I mean, most people's stories, uh, it seems like that, you know, them one year, you know, them one day, and then a couple of years later, you haven't been following them. And then you look at their page and they're like, Oh snap. Like this dude's cutting up, uh, Kendrick Perkins. This dude's cutting up famous decks. You know what I mean? He's cutting up Brian Hearns and he's working for guys like Michael Costello and, you know, that's that's why I'm so grateful I picked up a pair of clippers and um, some shears because clippers and shears, those two little tools, man, they opened so many doors. Yes, and sir. Bridges, and, you know, they built bridges that led to pastures I never know existed. So, well, that's crazy, that's, too. So you're pretty much you're a you're an East Coast captain. So you were born in New Jersey and then you lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah, correct. Uh I'm so grateful for that, too, because living in L.A. five years, I'm in my 20s. It's the best place for me to be. But as a kid growing up, I'm really grateful to have grown up on the East Coast in the suburbs, like playing sports, you know, uh, pretty girls around, diverse culture. I grew up in Easton. Easton is uh, outside of New Jersey, right on the border of Jersey and PA. And it's uh, north of Philly. It's, you know, not too far from New York. So. It's a big melting pot. You'll get people from all ethnicities moving from Jersey, New York, Philly to Easton to uh, raise families. And I have so many dope friends from my childhood that I'm so fortunate to still be in touch with today. You know, I've known some of these cats for 21 years. And, you know, I've only been alive 26 on some of these cats since I was five years old. 
definitely. That I mean, those are the type of relationships, though, you want is good, strong relationships that last. You know, that's what, <laughs> what I always try and look for, at least in my friendships nowadays, is the ones that I know that are going to be genuine and the ones that I know are going to help me benefit myself to be a better person. 100%. Yeah, but um, another another question I did have for you, though, with your music, are you more inclined with being a barber or music? Like, which one do you enjoy more? So if I could get, like, rich and famous, I'd want it to be off my music because it's it's what I've been doing longer, and I think there's a bigger, a bigger lane to fame in music and, like, the creative aspect of it. But it's also very dangerous to become a famous rapper. And, you know, like we just lost Takeoff. RIP, my guy, Takeoff. Um, I'll double all the way back to Mac Miller and XXX. You know, RIP the guys. RIP Nipsey. Super big Pop Smoke fan. And, you know, we're seeing it. RIP Mac Dre. (laughs) Like, RIP all of them, man. They're just being taken taken too too quickly at at a young age when, you know, these guys established a legacy. But... It would uh, it would have been good good to see more fulfillment out of their legacy and not see it stripped so so short over uh, over toxic energy. You know what I mean? You got guys who look just like each other killing each other over uh, over metal and jewelry. You know what I mean? And I, I know LA is a dangerous place, and you shouldn't go dangling steaks in front of pit bulls. But you know, if someone worked hard to earn what they got. You know, let them rock. Let them have let them have their light. Let them have their shine. Don't go try try to steal in it you know, ended up, ended up throwing your life away and taking theirs with it. So, you know, I, I always said I would like to be rich and famous in music, but I always looked at it as like a blessing in disguise, never really blowing up doing the music. Um, so I never made like no like crazy money off music, but I make like bread and butter off cutting hair. So if I could be a celebrity barber or a celebrity rapper, I think it would be better for me to be a celebrity barber, but I would prefer to be a celebrity rapper Cause it's just like more strictly being yourself, you know, being a barber, you deal with other people. Whereas if I was a dope, like famous, rich artist, I could just worry about twerk. You know, I don't got to worry about cutting other people's hair. I don't got to worry about this guy's, you know, um, issues. You don't got to be a therapy therapist. So, uh, I would, I would definitely love to see like, you know, more come out of my music because I know I have a dope, unique sound. And um, like even people in my family are pretty big music. So I know it's possible. Like my cousin, Mike Zombie, uh, he produced Started from the Bottom, um, 2012, one of Drake's biggest songs, if not the biggest. My cousin, Doc Coyle, he's verified on Instagram for heavy metal with Bad Wolves. So there's people in my life around like really close to me. You know, I opened presents with these guys on on Christmas at my grandma's house. And now they're super big. They tour Europe. You know, Mike has produced for Jay-Z. Um, my cousin has produced for Drake, like I said. He did most of Young M.A.'s album, Eminem. So there's a boatload of people around me that make, like, kind of, like, chase what they got and be like them. You know, not really ask for a handout because they're in my family, but kind of show them, like, look, like, you're really big and you're dope. And I'm fucking dope, too, you know? That's yeah. one thing I always yeah. think about, uh, not just music, but barbers. Like, uh, a lot of barbers are on this, like, competition over community wave. Like, they're, they're competing with their coworkers, and they're competing with other shops. And I've always been a community over competition wave because if the whole community eat, it eats, like, there's no room for anyone not to be happy. And um, 
that's really what life's all about being happy and the people around you being happy and everyone coming together and realize like this shit isn't promise. So, you know, while we are here in this minuscule time frame and this minuscule life, let's chase legacy. And while we're doing that, let's be happy about it. You know, there's, there's no, there's no time and there's no need for negativity. We can all uplift each other in one way or another. Everybody's got something to bring to the table. Yeah, no, definitely. Everyone always has something to bring to the table and it's always great to listen to everybody's output because sometimes it could be better than what most people around you are saying. You know, have you ever found yourself like in a weird situation where people are trying to give you bad advice and convince you it's good? Um, it's funny that you asked me that question because uh, I drove across the country from L.A. in September and uh, my one cousin, Frankie, he's an army ranger and he's got a lot of shit going on with like Airbnb and uh, real estate. And, you know, he's looking to get out of the army and pursue that. He came down to Tampa uh, in the beginning of October for the Chiefs Bucks game. We went to watch Mahomes play Brady. And, you know, when my cousin was out here, I was with his army buddies and his Green Beret buddies. And these guys are all like two to three cribs, Airbnb in one of the two cribs. They're making money. And they're like the most highly like well-rounded physical specimens on the planet. I mean, they're army rangers. They're great guys to get beers with, but these are the guys that'll kick in a door in a house and shoot you in your face. If you're, you know, you're, you're living on the wrong edge of the sword. Um, these guys are badass. but you know, the shit they were telling me and the shit Frankie was telling me is basically don't ever take advice from anybody because nobody's going to understand what you're going through. And, um, like the terms you're living on, like any vision you have an opportunity you have is from your perspective. So when you tell someone they're going to pitch their opinion, but they not they don't really know what you're capable of. Like uh, Julian told me that a long time ago when I started cutting hair, he was like, "Don't don't take advice from people who uh, don't know what you're capable of." And at the time, he was talking about his own mom. His mom was telling him, you know, like, "Oh, you're gonna get burnt out. You're gonna get tired. You're gonna get sick of cutting hair. You're not gonna be able to do it forever." And he's thinking like, "Man, like, even my own mom don't know what I'm capable of. So like, I can't even take her advice because." Why would you? They're not in the field with you. They don't understand the relationships you've been building and the time you've put in. And, you know, they don't even know if you already hit that 10,000 hour mark where where you're pro. Like, you know, it's like 10,000 hours. Put your work in, you know, everybody yeah. wants to be rich and successful, but nobody want to do the work. You know yeah. I mean? And that's so. how it is these days. And it's, it's just so fucking sad to see this. The work ethic is just going down the drain more and more and more and, even, and more even the regular jobs is like telling people i'll give you 20 dollars. and back in the day like when i started making seven seven thirty five overnight mcdonald's they told me to come flip burgers and run the drive-thru for 20 an hour i would have been on it you know all these places target every place out here after the pandemic is given 18 to 20 an hour especially in la where it's more expensive and people just don't want to work like you know what i mean I, you know, there may be times where I'm not working, but that doesn't mean I'm not trying to better myself. Like if I got the free time, I'm cleaning my crib, I'm making the hoodies, I'm going to the gym. Um, you know, I'm going to wash my car. I'm going to, I'm going to call my homies and talk to them all day. So like, even if you're not really like working, you know, you only get 24 hours, so you can still make the most of the day. But, um, it's like, it's, it's sad to see, you know, this, this younger generation, it's, it's funny because like every generation older than the next, it's always like this younger generation, this younger generation. But, you know, our parents saw it with us with the with the start of the 360s and the PlayStation 2s. 
And, you know, now we see it with the next generation with, the, you know, the smartphones and the tablets. Like every Yeah, the tablets are out of control, man, especially with the kids. It's crazy, man. Like, especially my niece and my nephews, like, they just like, every time I walk into my sister's apartment, their fucking face is buried in their couch, like with a tablet in their face. I'm just like, man, do these kids like want to go ride a bike? Do they want to go do something fun? Like, do they want to go to the park? No. They don't. They want to play Flappy Bird or Angry Birds or whatever the hell those games are. And watch Coco Melon. They love Coco Melon. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because, dude, like, me and you were growing up, like, your mom was like, yo, when the street light comes on, you know, ride your bike home. And you didn't have a tablet to find your friends. You got on the bike and pushed your neighborhood and you looked for the house with all the other bikes. Exactly. Right? Or you got you on know, your landline and you got in the phone book and you looked up your your buddy's yeah. parents' phone number in the phone book and you fucking called them and you asked if you could come over. So my two friends that I was hitting on the phone book growing up were Kyle Banbury and Brad Wilkins. These are guys I played football with. And I figure if I'm going to be on the podcast, it'll be nice to name drop some people because if oh, they yeah. do listen... They'll, they'll be like, you know, hype, hype, I shouted them out. But like my phone book babies is like Brad and uh, Kyle. Like I was having my mom look look up their number in the phone book and I'm calling them when I'm like five, six, seven, you know, in childhood. He's like, yo, mom. Can and that was the go? original cell phone contact, man. Like, you know, like where I grew up, our community, we had a phone book that they made for the whole community. And everybody's number was in there. And I'll name drop too. So my, my homies, it was Max Hanchi and Luke Arana, and it was funny, too, because I didn't have to look far for my buddy Luke because his parents were literally the first uh, the first number right when you opened the book. So I was like, boom, right there. Yeah. <laughs> but it was cool, though, because it was just such a different time of life, bro. Like, And another thing, too, is like we grew up in a generation where you actually had to talk to people and you actually had to communicate with people still. Like, It seems like we caught the tail end of almost everything. Yeah, um, I'm glad. I'm glad we, we like you were born in the 90s. Yeah, I was born in 96. Yeah, me too. I was born in 96. I think like 93 to like 97 is like the most elite, elite like generation that's like alive right now because we grew up like in that, you know, that 90s era, like still kind of seeing the 80s. And then in the 2000s, we got hit with all that dope hip hop and, and new stuff. But like mm-hmm. you know, we're we're very we're very tapped into the the technological aspect of life now, maybe yes. more than our parents. Yes. But we also are very nostalgic kids. You know what I mean? Like we have a lot of like old school like dope stuff. Like if you ever seen one of those '90s uh, '90s Instagram posts, and you just see all that stuff from your childhood, like you know, these kids nowadays they're not gonna have that nostalgic thing. Like they're gonna look back on it. And They'll be like, "What throw- the hell is that?" Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a there's a fine line between, like, what's going to be vintage and nostalgic and, like, what's going to just be, like, what it was at the time. Like, 30 years from now, the kids, like, they'll look back on this stuff, but it's already so futuristic that I don't think it'll ever give that vintage look and vintage feel of, like, some of the stuff we had growing up. And that's okay, you know? The world, the world's always moving. Life's always moving. You know, you gotta, you gotta evolve, you know? You gotta... Yeah, well, we have to evolve and we have to adapt. And I feel like nowadays it's just push, push, push. Every year there's a new iPhone. Every year there's a new something, right? That every, and then it's just, it's got us eaten up. You know, <laughs> we, we crave it. 
Yeah, hundred percent. It's uh, it's crazy, bro. How they just—it's an annual thing, you know. Any whatever, whatever it is, like the only thing that lasts ten years anymore is an Xbox, and all this other, all this other stuff is uh, every year they got something new out. Well, yeah, it's made. It's just designed to fail, essentially. But I mean, hey, that—that's corporate greed right there. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, gotta but- love capitalism, man. Yeah, hey, money's money, right? It's a piece of paper that controls us, right? Yeah. Hey, but if I can ask, with with your music, what's some of the biggest things that you've been able to do with your music, um, aside from what you shared with the big things you did picking up a pair of clips? So musically, uh, the dopest thing I've probably done in my music career, we went to Japan in 2019 pre-COVID, I wasn't really making shit as a barber, but um, I kind of bet on myself going out there because, you know, it is an expensive flight. It is a long travel. It is a little scary, you know, going to a new country. But I was going with my best friends and uh, the guy from Get FBN, the salon, he was uh, Shafiq. He uh, had a streetwear brand for his barbershop. So he got the in at Coyote Ugly. Um, Coyote Ugly is a movie. They really fo- focus on like girl girl bartenders and like showgirls on the bar dancing and doing flips it's not really a place where guys get up and do their thing but uh yeah so he had the streetwear brand and he got the end to do two fashion shows over at in coyote ugly and uh rapongi tokyo and at that point I can you still hear me oh yeah we oh. good yeah yeah okay yeah at that point i was living in la for uh two years and I hadn't done music. I had all like old music I did like in Jersey in like 2015, 16, 17. So 17 to 19, those years I wasn't making music. But when he was doing the fashion show, the girl hosting it was like asking Shafiq, hey, like, does anyone in your crew do music? Uh, we, we want someone to perform after these fashion shows. And I was like, you know, bet, sign me up. You know, you don't got to ask me twice. So I actually flew out there with uh, Julian and Kev. And I remember it's so funny, like Julian called me a poser because I didn't bring my barber tools. And uh, and I was going out there to perform. I was going out there to be twerk and like step into my alter ego. I thought it was so funny. He called me a poser barber because I was like, man, like, you know, you, you are a barber. Like, this is what you do. I understand you bring your clippers with you everywhere. But I wasn't at that that point yet. I bring my clippers and my tools with me everywhere now. But, but at that point, I was just like worried about bringing fresh outfits and um going to do the music performance so uh so we landed in tokyo and uh it was basically a big business trip like you know we weren't really on vacation because we had a lot to do to set up for the fashion shows we threw fashion shows back to back nights monday and i mean uh friday and saturday and uh at the time like it wasn't COVID, so it was fucking popping like these bars were busy like it was like it was like a normal Friday night in Hermosa when the whole pier is, is filled, but just we're in Tokyo, you know, the whole world, you know, 2019 was probably the best year, like people have had since 2016, you know, the world was on top and especially downtown LA, like making a bag and uh, going, going out and stuff. It was fun. So the whole world was, you know, at its peak and then we got hit with COVID. So, but you know, it was, good to go to japan because it, it got me to make more music like I, yeah when i went out there i performed one of my old songs the force it's actually on youtube if you type in twerk t-w-i-i-r-k the force you'll see uh 
the live the live performance. There's clips of the fashion show and there's clips of me rapping on uh, the bar at Coyote Ugly. Then I, you know, so that was probably the biggest thing, definitely performing. But you know, I'm so glad I did it because it sparked a fire under me that the next two years in LA, like 2020 and 2021. I dropped more music and better music than I ever knew I was capable of. So that's the definitely the most epic thing was going to Japan and then shooting the music videos around it, you know. Definitely. You have to capture those moments because, you know, who knows? You might not even go back to Japan. Right. Uh, that's what you would think. But uh, before leaving L.A., me and Alex, ADOT Clippers, we started working for the number one barbershop in Japan, but in LA. So, you know, you think you may never go back at the time. And ironically down the, the, the line, I end up working for the number one barbershop in Japan in LA. They got four in Tokyo, uh, one in Osaka. It's called Mr. Brothers cut club. So, you know, like now, now it's up. Whenever I go back to Japan, it's up. Like I, you know, these Japanese guys have come into LA, you know, two, three, four times when I was living there. And, uh, these guys look at me like brothers. They're telling me like, come to Tokyo, come to Japan. Like you sleep at my house, you sleep at my house. And you know, they're speaking broken English and um, they're such fucking dope people. The Japanese culture is like, it's so sad. Like how like, you know, blacks, Mexicans, Asians, you know, people will get stereotypes for their cultures. But until you physically put yourself in that realm and you go live with these people, never judge a book by its cover because every culture and every, you know, community is different. And uh, what I notice about the Japanese people is like, they're hyper efficient. Like their society is hyper efficient. They're very like mindful. Well, the, like, the Japanese, the Japanese made the Toyota's fucking best thing ever made. Bro, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like any, you know, like high speed chase, like fucking Toyota or Honda Civic, like one of the two, like, I'm in a Subaru right now. I'm on the podcast in my Subaru WRX. I just bought this. It's 2022. There you and go. You got some Japanese engineering right under your seat. Yeah, yeah, bro. This shit is for for performance. You get in the car, bro, and the price range. Like, you know, you're not going to get a better performing car for the price. No, basically. that's the thing. It's it's a decently affordable car for, for you know, so especially someone like you, your age, young. You're out in Florida. You're out just ripping. And has it got a turbo? You got a turbo on that thing? Yeah, I got a turbo. I'm pushing some turbo. I'm pushing some boost. There we go. You got a boost yeah. out. What? <laughs> are you much of a car guy? Do you, uh, do you know, are you into cars or any kind of automotive touch or anything? Not at all, bro. I could give a fuck, bro. Like, I honestly was going to give my mom 10 bands to get her Civic. She bought it in 2016. It's been through a couple accidents. And before I moved out here, I was like, might as well take my money and reinvest it in my family. And instead of like giving the, the, the car dealer a lump sum of money and having a car payment, I was like, I can give my mom 10K and get her Civic. But, you know, once she, once she was car shopping for her, it ended up being car shopping for me. And that day I left with the WRX. So I'm really grateful to have this. I got blessed. Um, I had a fortunate childhood growing up. So I know what it takes to have nice things in your life. And I, I know what it's like to have nice things in your life, but it took me till I was like 26 to actually have like something of this caliber, like this nice for my myself, you know what I mean? Not provided Definitely. by my parents, you know? Um, most of the shit people have is like not owned, it's rented. So I was like, man, I'm not gonna lease this. Uh, like I'm gonna put a boatload of money down on this and I'm gonna pay it off so that in like four or five years, 
I could just own this this tool. You know, when you buy a new car, everybody thinks it's a trophy, but it's not. Cars are tools. They're not trophies. They're tools. They're used to get from point A to B. They're used yeah, to make money. Yeah, exactly, man. You got to have a solid whip. You got to nowadays. You got to be able to get around quick. Yeah, and uh, I'm definitely going to get there quick in this whip. I'm, I'm never going to be late. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely with that turbo on that thing. But, no, man, that's good. It seems like your life has put you in a good situation. You've got a lot of experience, and you're just continuing to grow and build more and more and more. And with your uh, with your brand, with your clothing brand, if you want to touch a little bit on that, what uh, is that? Is that just your overall alter ego twerk? Is that with, like, your barbary and your artistry, or what is that brand aimed towards? um so twerk is like you know that's my superhero shit like that's like uh that's like yeah like like i said my alter ego like the twerk like whether it's like um rap or like cutting hair it's just more my artistry name it's just more so like like it's revolved around the art anything creative like well i'll throw the twerk tag on it but in the barbering world like my actual barber page is frank joseph fades it's my middle name. Uh, my name's Tyler Frank Joseph Jackson. So uh, I paid homage to my uncle who passed away two weeks before I was born in a tragic car accident. His name was Frank Joseph Cambria. So my mom gave me his first and his middle name as my middle name. So in the barber, the barbering thing, like if I ever open a salon or a spa, I'm going to have it be have it do with something with Frank Joseph. I think that's cool to me. Like, Kind of sounds like Ralph Lauren or Tommy Hilfiger or like Michael Costello, Frank Joseph. So I feel like I could uh, make a cool brand and product line using that name. That's kind of like a more upper echelon, bougie, you know, uh, like haircutting service and product line. But the twerk stuff is uh, that that really is my music and my clothes. Uh, the question was about the clothes. So we'll talk about the clothes. Um in high school, my my best friend Nick Stocker, he had this clothing brand called Like Lavish, and uh, I was like just trying to be his right hand man, you know, push shirts and get people to take pictures in them, slap stickers places. And ever since Nick created that line, you know, he had the patent for it way back then. I always wanted to do something on my own, and um, eventually, like you know, I think it was. I want to say 2021, I, I went to the fashion district because I was always working in the fashion district. So I just went over to the, like, you know, the the clothing cartel or whatever you call them, like, you know, the wholesale spot. And um, I, would, I was just like, man, like scared money don't make money. I was like, just fucking buy these hoodies, yo, and then come up with a logo later. For me, I already had the logo. I already had tons of ideas that were flowing through my synapses on my phone and in my notes for stuff I wanted to do. Then one day I just got bored. I went down, I grabbed 12 tie-dye hoodies and I was looking at the logos I had and I was like, you know what? I'm going to just throw this shit on the hoodie. It was cool. It was, it was basically twerk. It's twerk, but, uh, the T's, everything's upside down. So like you see T-W-I-I-R-K on the bottom and then on the top you see T-W-I-I-R-K upside down. So the T actually makes a cross and the W makes an infinity symbol because there's another W on top of it. And then the double I, the RK, the RK to me kind of looks like like a crown or like some royal shit. The way the R and the K is shaped. What kind of what son- kind of dope were you smoking to think of that? Because God damn, that's pretty creative. Man, I just was all, I was just bored one night smoking. Uh, the dope I was smoking in Cali was Baby Jeter. Shout out Baby Jeter. 
Shout out to my friend Morgan. She works for Jeter. She's a fucking babe. Jeter is the best brand out there to smoke. If you're in Cali and you need something to just ease your day and get you through the day, cop a five-pack of baby Jeters. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you'll, you'll have one to smoke right now and a few to smoke later. So we was on the Jeter time, and uh, I'm in my room just on, like, a, a free website or, like, an app, you know, and uh, just typing in twerk and sliding, sliding stuff left and right and seeing what looked cool. So... So I had the twerk logo, and then I was like, well, I need a slogan. And then I'm, I'm a big movie guy. My mom, I grew up around my mom watching all every freaking movie you can think of. Um, my favorite movie of all time is Black Hawk Down, if any of you care. My favorite movie currently, <laughs> yeah, Black Hawk Down is uh, OG, GOAT. My favorite movie currently is uh, probably 13 Hours. It's kind of like Black Hawk Down, just a little more modern. Um, my dad's a retired colonel, so I like I like that war stuff, you know, Saving Private Ryan, Three Hundred, all that, all that good stuff. All the war, uh, war themed movies. But yeah, so the slogan, I didn't have a slogan. Logo, I was in logo mode, smoking the joints. I had the logo. The slogan came from the movie, uh, The Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise movie, where on the poster it says "Live, Die, Repeat." He keeps waking up in like the barracks and doing the push-ups, and then he ends up on the the beach with the girl fighting the aliens and stuff. And every time he dies, he wakes back up in the same bed, and that's why it's called uh, the Edge of Tomorrow because it's like a live, die, repeat movie. And uh, so one night, I'm just same thing as making my logo. I'm just smoking, and um, I'm just bored. I don't know what made me type in the movie, but I just typed in the dialogue of like what Tom Cruise is saying to. The, the actress and uh in one of the scenes she says to, since he's always dying and waking up and starting anew she says to him confidence is in your memory because when he's waking up he's realizing like why is this repeating he's starting to understand like something's up so she says to him like confidence is in your memory so pretty much like you've been here before like you know you know what to do at this spot to get to the next the next phase and I just saw her, I, I read it, you know, I read her say that to him. And I was like, man, that sounds fucking dope. I was like, confidence is in your memory, you know? And I'm big on confidence. Like, I do a job and I do it good. And I want people to hire me to get on their song or make, you know, design a, a sports team's uniform or design a hoodie. I want people to come to me because I want people to go to anyone who's going to do a good job and they know they're going to do a good job. And most people might look at it as like cockiness or arrogant. Like, you know, all oh, this kid thinks he has it all figured out. He's cocky. But no, it's confidence. You know, if if you know what you're made of and you know what you're capable of, um, it's very different between being rude and disrespectful and ungenuine and being confident. So when I saw the confidence is your memory quote, I was like, that's hard. Like, I, I was like, I'm, I'm going to put this in my notes and then I came up with the logo and then I put the confidence is in your memory under the twerk logo and I kind of been running with it. Well, that see that there you go, man. I was wondering, I was like, man, even when I'd look at the logo, I was like, damn, there's got to be some kind of backstory behind this. And you kind of like started the conversation without me even like asking it, which is great. But uh, no, man, that's interesting. That's really, you know, isn't it great what the devil's lettuce can do for us sometimes? I swear to God, right? Like, just, Man, there's nothing wrong with smoking a little bit of pot, you know? Hey, let's go. Someone else in this world says smoking pot. I'm not the only fucking one, man. I get back. Yeah. I'd be Bro, like, I've been calling this, it, some, this is some good shit or this is some good pot. People be like, I've been calling it pot since uh, there's a funny story. 
uh, but my oldest brother, he's the one who got me smoking weed. He, he moved out of my parents' house in PA before me. He would come up uh, from Jersey with these clips. We used to smoke the white, uh, the white grape uh, games. The white grape games and East Coast are known for Dutch Masters. So my he would come up with like a fat clip of like some Kush or like some some 2009 Garfunkel, like some sour diesel, you know, that little black bag that get you and your friends high all day through all eight periods. You smoke a dime blunt and high all day. So Scott would come back with the, with the clips and I would put them in the little Gatorade bottle. I'd burn a, a little blunt hole in the Gatorade bottle and I'd burn a hole on the side for the choke. Put these clips like, and get fried. Like I like, it made me, <laughs> It would made me love weed. Like I would smoke these clips outside, and I would stairs in my basement in the computer room. I put on like some like like uh, Kanye West like stronger. I put on the shutter shades, and at that time I was so young that if I was walking around my house with shutter shades on, my mom wouldn't think anything of it because I'm just a young kid being stupid. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> so I was bit blitzed in the crib, like OD blitzed, like all out blitz, rave. Ray Lewis, Terrell Suggs, like all out blitz, like just fried. And uh, I grew up in PA, so we were really big on Wiz and Mac Miller. And, you know, my whole life, my parents are like, not my parents, but every parent in general is making out the devil's lettuce to be the worst thing in the world. And then I found Wiz and I was like, yo, this shit's illegal. And this guy's got it all over his YouTube videos, all over the kitchen counter, da da da. And he's like big, you know, he's successful. So in high school, I wanted to be just like Wiz. Like, knew me growing up will tell you that's facts i was the biggest Wiz khalifa fan i always wanted to smoke weed like Wiz, and you know um you know it just like it got to a point where it was like sometimes i was having to choose people i was such a stoner in high school and at a young age sometimes i was having to choose people or like people were saying like you know it's me or the weed like you smoke too much you know, I was too young and dumb to realize the relationships I had then with either girls or guys. Um, but because I, I was always fried, you know what I mean? All, all I cared about was like smoking weed. So sometimes sometimes relationships uh, diminish over like stupid stuff. Just me being a pothead. People at that age didn't think it was cool. And, you know, they weren't really into weed. So they didn't want to be around me. And that's OK, because some of them I'm, I'm friends with now. You know, but back in high school, we didn't talk and stuff because I was the stoner. You know, I, I was the rebel. Yeah, that's, without a cause. I I feel you there, man. That's like it's not like I was losing relationships, <laughs> but like, you know, I stopped playing basketball um, because of it. You know, I was a decent basketball player who ended up making varsity, and then was like, oh, you know, like I I want to get this job, right? But when I was working, like the job wouldn't have really affected me, like being able to play basketball. I just wanted to hang out with my friends every day after school and get high, you know, and like being at that age, there's no better feeling, bro. The way it hits your body and how resilient you are as a kid, like how much you can actually smoke man, what a time to be alive. I, I, you know, when you say that, how much you can smoke, what's crazy is, uh, I like to smoke out of bongs and there were times where for some reason, I don't know why I used to do this, but I would sit there and I would just milk these hits trying to impress girls and like think I'm cool. But then now, you know, if I take a bong ripper, I hit the bong too long, it hurts me. Or like it, it like it makes my throat all dry and scratchy. Or, you know, it's just like, it, you're, you're right, man. As a kid, you can just endure so more. I feel like I'm starting to get to that age where it's like, oh, God, like I got to slow down. Fuck. 
a hundred percent. It catches up to you. And uh, so what I was saying is my my brother Scott would come up and he'd give me these clips. But the reason I call it pot is because when he did live at our house, there was a time where uh, my mom and my mom and like my little sister is young. She might have been like, I don't know, six, seven or eight. And uh, she had heard the word pot before. She had an idea what it was, but didn't know actually what weed was. So one time she walked into my brother's room and I guess he was smoking weed. And my little sister's like, like Lainey's yelling to my mom, like, mom, Scott's smoking in a pot. Mom, Scott's smoking in a pot. And we all thought it was so funny because we knew what she meant, but she didn't know how to say it. You know what I mean? And ever ever since then, I was like, yo, like, Laney's so funny, Scott's smoking in a pot. You know what I mean? I always was like, yeah, this shit is pot, bro. Like, for, for a minute, <laughs> I'm like, yo, pot up. I'm like, yo, pass the pass me the light. Pass me a blunt. Like, niggas know, like, when I wake up, don't come at me with some bullshit. And if you are going to come at me with some bullshit, be like, yo, I got this L. I got this joint. Preferably now joints. I'm like, yo, like, come at me with the bullshit, but also come at me with some shit to smoke. So while we're talking about this bullshit, like we got some spla and, you know, some, some shit to smoke. I don't really smoke too much. Like, I mean, I don't want to say I don't smoke too much anymore, but I don't smoke as much anymore. Like there's times where I go two weeks without smoking or it may seem, seem crazy to someone, but like two to three days to a stoner is a long time. So now there will be those two to three day breaks and stuff like that. Whereas before it's like all day, every day, you know, still get money, still go to work, but yeah, get fried, money, dude. fuck bitches, right? No. <laughs> yeah. FBGM or whatever. Fuck bitches yeah, get money. Right. Or back back when it was the Jersey Shore days, bro. You got a GTL, a Jim Tan laundry. Man, what a time to be alive, yo. Shout out Vinny. Shout out I actually I actually shout out Paulie D. And uh, Ron, shout out the whole Jersey Shore cast, all the girls, Snooky, Jay Wow, um, Sammy, all the. But besides them, like I actually flew one of the when I was in high school, I was taking trips out to L.A. And the 2014 is when I graduated and I first came to Cali. And then 2016, I came back to Cali with uh, my oldest brother, Scott and Laney. And Vinny was on our flight. He was actually like two rows in front of my brother. I was in the back of the plane. And Vinny was just in coach, like black hoodie, like waiting at the bathroom, like just regular regular citizen shit. Like, uh, not... yo, Vinny. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yo, this is crazy. We're flying out from Jersey to L.A. And like, fucking Vinny is on the flight. I'm like, this is dope, bro. It's already it's already starting the L.A. trip with like that celebrity power. You know what I mean? That's how it has to be. I remember there was one time I, I got invited to an album release party to cover. And I was in Vegas and like the party started at like two o'clock and my flight left at one thirty, And that was the most like rush celebrity feeling I've ever had in my personal life. I'm not a celebrity, but just like, yeah, got to get on the flight. And then as soon as I land, we go into the album release. Like, <laughs> you know, yeah. just just those times where you like you, you realize you're like, damn, is this like is this what it involves? But it's going to be more intense. Yeah. But hey. We got we got a segment that we like to do on the show. It's been such a great conversation, man. It's been awesome. We're coming and we're wrapping things up here slowly but surely. But we do a segment called Big Talk. I did an episode last season where I got a gang of questions and I answered them for the audience so they could learn a little bit about me. So what I'm gonna do is, is I have this deck of cards here to my left. I'm gonna pick a card out of this deck. I'm gonna ask you this question. Kind of 
roll into the <laughs> show here. I usually like to save it for this part. So with that being said, I'm going to go ahead pick this card here. Okay, one second. All right. Twerk. Today's big talk question. What were you doing the last time you lost track of time? What was I doing the last time I lost track of time? That's yes, hard sir. to say because I got to think about last time I lost track of time. Um, <laughs> I know. It's kind of a this deck of cards I have. There's questions like this out there. It's a tricky question. Um, you were probably sure. maybe smoking some pot. No, nah, I actually, it was uh, not last night, but two nights ago, I was with my homie. Uh, he invited me over to his crib in Florida, and we were smoking. And he had been at my crib, like, like a week a week before, like, smoking with, like, other East Coast homies. But uh, I asked him a question that, like, I should have known the answer to. I basically, like, asked him if he knew someone was – I'm like, did you know so-and-so was in town? And he was like, yeah, dude, I was at your house smoking with you guys. And I'm like, oh, shit, dude. Like, I completely, like – completely lost track of time like all these days are blurring together and mind you this is like a week ago <laughs> like yeah it's like yeah. so i was yeah like it was like two days ago i was smoking weed and uh like i just realized like fuck like in la like when you get set up and you get stable it's real easy to remember all the days and like you know pick particular things but when you're moving you're like setting stuff up and you're still trying to work and feed yourself and you're just trying to live life there's a lot going on so you know what i mean the day is kind of like mesh together until like i set up my hq and my operating space and uh i can kind of really like have a full day here and then come home and settle down and like reflect on it and remember like right now every day is just like wake up and just try to better myself and better my situation with uh moving out on my own you know i didn't have to leave la like you know (laughs) la you know my pockets were silly pockets were fat the, the girls were fire the cribs were silly and fat like lifestyle was dope i had my life was the best it's ever been you know i didn't have to leave and when i go back for round two it's gonna be epic but um how long do you see yourself being out in uh uh, florida i mean you know the years out here the 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 leases out here in florida are a year so you know i mean i could uh be out here for a year and i i could go go back in this summer uh 2023 summer but I doubt I'll do that because it's just such a short time living in a new place. So I'm looking at like a four to five year plan. I'm trying to pay off this new car. And uh, then once it's paid off, maybe drive it back across the country to L.A. and do round two. Unless unless uh, unless like I fall in love out here, man. I haven't uh, I haven't dated a girl since like 2014. And one of the reasons I came out here was to be closer to a particular individual that I've known for like a while, like since like sixth grade. So. I just wanted to be in closer proximity to her and kind of like just work on each other and um, be there for each other, whether we're dating or not. Like she's like my best friend. So I really fuck with her. And that was a big reason me moving out here wasn't to be like buddy, buddy with like niggas and like guys and like have roommates and shit. It was to get closer to her. And it was uh, to make a name for myself in a new place. And like, shit, I already did that today. I, I just started at this new barbershop and, Literally since I got on since since I got on this podcast, I've been cutting hair. I've been there like two hours, got two cuts in, you know, already making good money. So I know it's gonna be a good situation. I just gotta I just gotta be patient, you know what I mean? Um Yeah, so that that was what I was doing the last time I lost track of time, ironically and you know, 
I was smoking weed, which would definitely make you lose track of time. Yeah, definitely. Because, you know, hey, as a pothead, though, for me, I can <laughs> the biggest thing is I've had to learn how to stay organized. And writing shit down and having calendars and schedules has really helped me adapt to getting my shit straight. I don't know. Do you have any tools or scheduling ways that you use to stay in line? Not really, like setting reminders and shit on your iPhone. Yeah, or not even reminders, just having like kind of a rundown or knowing your week ahead, you know, at least having a week, you know, week at a time. I don't know. Do you take it a day at a time? Are you the type to actually write in a schedule or have schedules? Unless it comes to traveling, I don't plan shit. I just let go and I let God. Like people, like, you know, I create my schedule and shit, but in the barbering world, people kind of create your schedule. Like they got to book you and they got to give you something to do. So I kind of take it take it by hour, take it by day. You know, before I go to bed, I like to see like what I have to do tomorrow and shit like that. I won't look too far ahead in the week, but like, you know, people are booking you. So they might say, I need a haircut Friday. It could be Monday. You know, you'll start planning out that way. But other than that, if I don't have any concrete plans or like shit I gotta do, I'm gonna fucking just let go and let God, you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Always. And you know, if you, if you got something that's empowering you, and let it do it. Yeah. But Clark, it's been it's been an uh, amazing conversation with you, man. Um, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show today and to welcome you out onto the Hot 16s uh, platform to the fam. Uh, you're definitely part of the squad now, man. You're here. You've been on the show. Uh, we'd love to have you back in the future. And um, man, power to you, man. It seems like you're already crushing it out there, out in Florida. You see, you see Bum Brady out there. Or what? What's he up to? <laughs> yeah, no, nah, I'm a Patriots fan, so shout out to Tom Brady. No, no love lost. Like I went to watch him play against Mahomes. Mahomes kicked his ass, the baby goat. But uh, life out here is good, man. Maybe like maybe in a year from now, I'll come back on the show and we can just kind of talk about. Right now I'm fresh out, so you know a year from now we'll see what I got under my belt with like I've done some dope shit in LA, so you give us some. T- I have some more dope stuff to talk about um, that that has to do with Florida. You know what I mean? And then yeah, definitely when I'm back in LA, uh, I'll pull up on you with some Jeters and Alex. We can chop it up and smoke. It's been a blessing to be on the show. I've always wanted to do something like this and be on a yeah, podcast. Yeah. So whether we get one listener or 100,000 listeners, it doesn't matter to me. It's just dope to be here talking to you. Um, whoever ends up listening to this and has emotions that exist that I don't know, cool. But really, this is it was just about coming on here and doing something nice for my boy because he's doing something nice for me. And that's how we get ahead in life. You got to uplift you. Yeah. Thank you, bro. I really appreciate that. It means a lot because I'm out here giving it my all. You know, I feel like it's almost like if you can resemble, like if you remember back when you first came out here, you didn't really know anybody, right? When you first moved out to L.A., like you kind of nobody. Yeah, yeah, that's right where I'm at, man. This last year, year and a half, it's just been about growth, development and networking and trying to build that five year story by the end of five years. Like, damn, I really been running game. Hell yeah, yeah. It's it's awesome to see what 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 has come to fruition, and um, I guess I guess like the thing I'll leave people with is uh, not to chase money, but to chase fulfillment. You know, um, yeah. Whether whether that's health or giving your relationship an hour a day, or uh, giving your body an hour a day, or you know your mental health an hour a day. You know, you got 24 hours, so you know work for eight of them, but make sure you're not just you're not just chasing the bread, and you're not um, 
fulfilling, fulfilling you, you know what I mean? You got to pay yourself too. And there's no better way to do that than be in shape and mental health and physical health is very important. So that's the one thing I'm going to leave people with. If you're going to remember anything from this, view, I would just say like, you know, the money will come, so don't chase it, but chase fulfillment and, um, establish good relationships because it's, it's really not about what you know it's about who you know so just just find that fulfillment in your friends and yourself and um, your life should be overall good you know you just want to be happy like I said in the beginning I just want to be happy I want people around me to be happy come together and do fun shit because you know this shit isn't promised so definitely man life is never promised and on a, on a final note is there anybody that you want to give a shout out to or drop your instagram handle or anything for people to give you a follow yeah um i want to shout out hmm, who do i want to shout out i want to shout out my mom because she's been there so much for me while i lived in la she's been there so much for me me moving out on my own in florida and, um, you know, the one person who probably would listen to this interview will be my mom. So I definitely want that on the wavelength. I definitely want people to know I got love for her. And you raised a great kid and you raised great siblings for me to call siblings. You raised great kids for me to call siblings. So shout out to my mom. You know, there's no other person in the world that deserves a shout out more than our moms, you know. So. Yeah, shout out. No, that's that's beautiful, man. And you know what? I feel like you're probably one of the first people to shout out moms like that on the show. So that's that's awesome, though, that you show mom praise. Yeah, I got to give her credit where credit is due. You know, she raised a dope kid and um, I'm 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 just kind of getting into this immaculate maturity, you know, where, you know, it's not not just uh, it's not just simple touch and tease anymore. It's just uh, it's an evolution of maturity. It's not that uh, it's not that 18 year old who stepped out into the world that was uh, so uh, tiptoeing around. You know what I mean? I got a I got a, a wolf. I got a wolf wolf's hide on me now you know got some some fur on me some some growth so definitely man well hey man it's been a pleasure to have you out here on the show i'm pretty sure my guests enjoyed it um having a barber back on and yeah we'd love to have you back on again and maybe we can even do like an dot and torque episode that would be fire we could all sit around that would be dope i would literally fly to la to, to do the interview with that like we, ah, that's fire right there see that's what that's what networking's about and you'd be like bro, i'll like, fly out for the show Jeez. i'll fly out for the show bro like just because i'm in florida doesn't mean i'm not running my city from a whole nother coast i got exactly. so much you still got, I got game bro so much business going on over there that i'm passing to other people and business i'm trying to create in the future through my old team not even my old team they still my team i just i'm just not eating at the same table as i'm right now i'm, I'm on a conquest i'm on a journey so Definitely. my g it's been great thank you so much much love like i said it's twerk t-w-i-i-r-k with an underscore on instagram uh frank joseph fades on instagram is my barber page so definitely follow those and then if you type in t-w-i-i-r-k you type in the twerk name into apple spotify soundcloud youtube you will see dope stuff so just check it out man yeah for sure thank you twerk it's been a pleasure man thank you everybody for listening we'll check you on the next episode peace peace